Hello out there, you awesome human, tuning in to the Hustle and Fitness podcast again. Uh, appreciate you being here. It's Dave Mifsud and uh, pretty excited actually to talk a little about today's uh, topic, which is all about overcoming body image issues. And I, I talk a lot about like different personal development things and all sorts of topics on this podcast, but this one is a little bit of a shift, but something that's very close to my heart is something I've, I've gone through personally. And I guess I, I constantly around this stuff being uh, running my own gym, helping people with, with weight loss, helping people get, get in shape. It's something that you can't really be in the industry and not be around. And I know it's something that's very prevalent these days, especially in younger people. And uh, on this little episode, I'm going to share some pretty personal stories uh, of, of my upbringing and how I, I've dealt with this stuff and just give some important perspective and, and possibly guidance on it. So if you're someone out there who has either maybe had a bit of a battle with this yourself or you know someone who is struggling with this, this will be awesome to potentially pass on to them, give them some advice or even just share this uh, episode with them. So if you think it is relevant for anyone, please share it and do them an awesome favor uh, and spread the message here. But I want to dive into this because I got, uh, it stemmed from a conversation with a client I had in my gym just the other day. Uh, I was just doing a workout after and she was going, Dave, how do I lose these bits? And she grabbed her inner thighs, right? And, and sort of grabbed those, you know, wobbly bits there and went, I just want to lose these these wobbly bits. What do I do for them? And I'm not saying this client has a, a, a horrendous body image or has a, a specific sort of problem with this herself, but it was more just that this is a question that kind of comes up a lot. And I think we, we hear people say a lot, I want to I want to lose this area, that area, uh, because I want to get rid of it and things. And so I, I, I really believe this kind of focus is what leads us to little bits of, again, call it whatever you want, but body image, essentially issues that can plague us mentally. And so the way I responded to my client was a couple of things. One was firstly, just sort of sharing the harsh reality that in uh, with our bodies in fitness, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to spot target a certain area. So we can't just go, all right, body, I want you to lose all your fat from my thighs now. That would be awesome. Thank you. Or from your stomach or from your arms. I wish there was a way to magically do that uh, through diet and nutrition, or, you know, cosmetic options aside, right? I'm sure there are different options out there, but let's just talk uh, using, you know, fitness and nutrition and training and all that. Unfortunately, it's pretty much impossible. And anyone who tries to sell you on something, by the way, that will uh, tone up just your legs or tone up your stomach or lose the fat from here is probably selling you a bunch of nonsense and I would probably save your money. But that's a topic for another time. And so she asked me, I told her the harsh reality, we can't really spot target fat loss, but then also wanted to share with her that end of the day, we've all got we're all built differently and we've all got different areas of our body that uh, are maybe better shaped, worse shaped, genetically lose fat easier, genetically build muscle easier, all that sort of stuff. And to have a an appropriate outlook on what we can and can't control in life. And that's one of those things that often we can't control that much. Now we can control our exercise, we can control our diet, we can control what we do with our lifestyle. And we should actually put our focus on controlling that and being consistent with that and let the outcomes and results just become a byproduct of that because we can't in the day control exactly how our legs are shaped completely. And again, I wish we could. Now, that was where that conversation went, but it got me thinking again about uh, this overall concept of, of body image, of how we see ourselves, and how easy it is to focus on those negative areas, those areas we perceive as, you know, maybe worse, we perceive as, as the thing people notice, things like that. And again, it comes back to kind of my upbringing and to share this story because I think it's super relevant. When I was younger, I battled with this a lot. So I was quite overweight as a kid. And again, I would have identified at that age as, as kind of the bigger kid, I identified as, as 
oh, people see me as this overweight kid. It's I didn't have any confidence when it came to, uh, especially like girls and talking to people. It was always this thing that I, I put others above me if they were in good shape or they weren't you know overweight like me. I was below them. That was how my brain was perceiving that. Okay. I started getting into the gym. I got a personal trainer. My mum uh, helped me with a trainer, which was so amazing. I'm very grateful to this day uh, that she got me a trainer, helped me get started because I was, I was so self-conscious going to a gym on my own. I didn't know what I was doing. And I had a trainer help me get started. And I started losing some weight, slowly improving my diet. And I went from one extreme to the other. I kind of went from the, the bigger overweight kid. And I got very obsessed, very addicted to working out, addicted to, to trying to eat healthy and lose weight because I, I got a lot of self-esteem from that. I got tons of uh, confidence from losing the weight and, and people would make comments and oh you're looking better da, da, da. and that only further kind of fueled the uh, the fire with this stuff and I started losing more and more weight and for me as I lost it there was one area that wouldn't budge and that was actually my stomach and I, I lost I certainly lost a bit off that but I never felt like I could get my my stomach lean enough to where I wanted it to right I didn't have the, the six-pack abs that uh, you see guys on the magazine covers have and I was studying and, and I was I was obsessed with like fitness models and I was obsessed with, you know, bodybuilding guys on stage. And of course, when you get obsessed with that stuff, you obsess on on what they have, which again was was the abs, was the, the chiseled midsection. And I, I just had to have it. And that was the area I didn't have. And so every time I looked in the mirror, all I could ever focus on was my stomach. All I could focus on. Constantly look at it. I turn sideways, I turn back, I flex this, I do that. And I didn't realize at the time how the path that was taking me down that I was getting so obsessed with that one area and that was always that that this plague and that was the only thing I could think about. I wanted to lose the stomach, get leaner and get leaner and get leaner and I had to get there. And it drove me at the time, at about 18 years old, to having a essentially an eating disorder where I got obsessed with like tracking my calories, tracking every macronutrient I put in my body, your protein, your carbs and your fats. And I, I, I could not I would not go a day without eating perfectly, without making my workouts, without having all my meals just down to a T. To, to give you perspective on this, right? Uh, on my 18th birthday, we went out for dinner and you go out for your birthday and of course there's birthday cake, right? I did not touch, I did not have a nibble of my 18th birthday cake. My mum brought it, was there with the family, everybody else had a bit and I had none of it while everyone else ate. I probably had a freaking cup of tea or some water or something, right? When everyone else was eating it for dessert. And that's just to give you some perspective on where I was at. And and as much as that was a choice, it wasn't a choice because I physically couldn't break my diet. You could not, you'd have to tie me down and force the food into my mouth for me to break my diet at times. I was so obsessed with, I have to stick to my diet, stick to my eating if I want to get the abs, I want to get rid of this stomach that I just couldn't live with, essentially. I had to follow it. So I got to a pretty deep and dark place with that. And even in spite of me getting ridiculously like low on weight, like 63 kilos or something, and I probably started when I first went to the gym around 80, 82 kilos, something like that. So I was almost 20 kilos down. In spite of that, in spite of my energy levels absolutely plummeting, and I had barely any energy to freaking do anything in my life, I ended up stopped playing uh, cricket, in fact, halfway through a season because I'd lost all motivation and will to play because I couldn't even bear myself to get the energy to play anymore. And I actually called it quits halfway through a season uh, and just told everyone, oh, I wasn't liking it, but I, I just didn't have the energy to do anything. In spite of all of that, I still couldn't realize that, that this was being a negative thing in my life. And I was still 
fixated on achieving this goal of, of getting my these abs that I had visioned in my head, right? And uh, at a, a end of 2012, from about 18 and a half now, I went to the doctors finally because I was like, okay, something's not right here. And uh, we did some blood tests and it turns out I had like clinically low testosterone at that point. And I had a testosterone deficiency at 18 from barely eating so much. And that explained a lot about why I had no energy and why I had no drive for anything else in my life. And, I, and the only way I could get to the gym was just pure willpower to even go and work out. But again, I was so obsessed with it that, hey, I kept doing it. And eventually, about a few months after, a couple more blood tests later, they were like, this ain't getting better. So they put me on testosterone replacement therapy uh, at about 18 and I don't know, maybe seven or eight months old. And uh, had to go on that because my testosterone was shot. So, you know, shit got real at that point in time, right? Where I'm like, all right, uh, something is not right. Something is is definitely amiss here. And uh, I guess that was that was the first catalyst to me kind of realizing that I'd, I'd ended up in this incredibly detrimental negative headspace and spiral. Uh, and over the next couple of years, I slowly worked uh, out of that in terms of getting back to somewhat healthy eating in a sense of my relationship with food, allowing myself to eat something that wasn't planned wasn't on you know the the guidelines for me which was this is what's funny about this sort of stuff is someone who's never been through it that that's like they feel bad when they do that if they're like i've got to stick to my diet and then they go and have some cake they're like oh i broke my diet i can't believe it that was bad i need more discipline to someone who's obsessed with eating well it is freaking difficult really difficult to allow yourself to have a piece of cake or allow yourself to have a freaking chocolate bar. Like that is, you don't understand how hard that can be. Like that's, anyway, that's going down more of the, the eating result of this. And uh, again, I slowly come out of that. And and as I come out of it and a bit of hindsight kicks in and I start to reflect on it, I, I realize this all stemmed from this this image I had of my body and how how badly I was perceiving how I looked. And I was so fixated again on the stomach, on the abs, that I, I neglected a tunnel vision to all the repercussions this was causing me in my life. And now here's the kicker, right? Here's the kicker. Every time I, if I talk to anyone who knew me back then at the time, and I talk to them about how I was looking, or I even think back now to the conversations, everyone told me I was super duper lean, Right? Not one person was like, Dave, your stomach's still uh, still pretty fat. No one. Everyone was going, oh my God, what? where have you gone? You're getting so lean. How'd you do it? People, people were asking me, how'd you do it? But in my mind, all I could think about was I wasn't lean enough, didn't have the abs yet. And to me, this is why this is such an interesting conversation topic and how it comes back to our own perception on it and our own perception on, say, a trouble area. Like I come back to my client, oh, my inner thighs, this and that. The reality is we we can focus on these areas and we get fixated on it, but most people don't even care. They don't even notice. We are very self-centered as humans. We focus on ourselves far more than everybody else. Everyone else is way too busy worrying about themselves to worry about you and your tiny imperfection, which is completely subjective anyway. And I think this is a really important realization to hopefully give anyone out there who may be struggling with this some relief around it in a sense of it's like a bad dream. That once you wake up from, you're like, that wasn't even real. It's a bad dream thinking everyone is actually really caught up in, in how you look or people are noticing that you've got this tiny little bit on your hips or your thighs or your stomach. You're the one who notices it. Pretty much not anybody else. Now, 
that's not to say, and this is a really important balance, a really important, what I would call a false dichotomy, meaning it's not one or the other. It's not, okay, then Dave says no one even notices my body. That means I can, who cares how I look? It's not that extreme. And it's not the extreme of, oh my God, I have to look perfect because if I'm not perfect body, then I'm not good enough. These are the two ends of the continuum. And the reality is it lies somewhere in the middle in a sense of, it's okay. you want to accept and understand that you're the one who cares most about your body and most people really to focus on themselves, but at the same time, it's okay and it's healthy to still want to improve that. It's healthy to still want to go to a gym or work out, healthy to still try to improve your diet, to maybe monitor your food intake, to see some physical results. That's awesome. That's having a goal in life. That's that's great. That's, that's going to give you purpose. That's going to give you meaning. It's going to give you something to work toward. It's going to be fulfilling as you achieve that goal. That is great. As long as it's driven from the right place of already accepting how you are, accepting quote unquote flaws, right? What's a, who defines what a flaw is? A flaw is not objective. A flaw is subjective. One person's flaw is another person's blessing kind of thing, right? One girl goes, oh, I wish my hips are wider. The other girl goes, oh, my hips are too wide. I wish they were skinnier, right? Like it's, it's all subjective, all subjective. And so we just want to find this, this happy medium that you can still want to improve, you can still try to make progress, but let's do it from a place of accepting ourselves, knowing that whatever's our body is the way our body is, there are some things out of our control for now, and instead focus on what we can control, which is our actions we're taking, and, and trying to improve for the right reasons. And trying to strike this balance is, for me, super important, because again, I've been at both extremes to a certain extent, and it's, it's, can it's, Here's the thing with being driven because you hate your stomach, your thighs, or you hate your body, or you don't feel you're good enough. Here's the thing about that people don't often talk about is that is incredibly good fuel. Like it is powerful. If you genuinely have such a dissatisfaction and desperation for changing something, that will motivate you to go take action. That's the thing. It will work, quote unquote work. It's just often something that no matter the results you see, you're still not going to feel like you've accomplished it because your own perception, how you view it, when you look in the mirror, when you try on clothes, is probably not going to be accurate as such. You're always going to go, oh, but there's this extra little, like if you're always focusing on the things wrong with you, you'll always find something to take its place. You'll find the next area you want to work on. Now that your stomach's lean, maybe your arms aren't big enough. Maybe your waist isn't this. Maybe your thighs aren't toned, right? There's always going to be something. So that's the tricky part of it is it's actually incredibly powerful motivation and it'll get you to take actions that most people will probably never be able to take, but it's a fuel that is, is toxic in too much. So it's super important to, to begin to strike this healthy balance to be aware that the way you look at yourself is completely subjective. It's not what you look at, it's what you see. And try to begin, and I say try to begin accepting because I just, I'm just i just aware that this isn't an overnight switch. And I think it's negligent people just be like, just accept yourself, just be confident, just love yourself. Like it's this thing you just do once and all of a sudden it's all fixed. We have to acknowledge in life that our thought processes, all of this stuff, our beliefs about ourselves and our life are actually patterns and they are our beliefs now and our thoughts because they've been repeated to ourselves time and time again.
could have been repeated by someone else. Maybe you had people when you were younger make comments about you and they repeated that and that's why it's a pattern. Maybe it's something you repeated to yourself time and time again. Anything that's been repeated enough and is this pattern, if we try to just just switch it instantly, you'll get this like jolt of motivational, this temporary new thought process. Oh, Dave told me to be confident. All right, I'm going to be confident. It'll work for like half an hour, an hour, a day, a week. But we've got these old patterns that come back. It's important to acknowledge that. So you don't beat yourself up if an old pattern, an old thought process rears its ugly head again. And acknowledge that switching to a more healthy outlook to to that self-confidence, that self-acceptance, call it whatever you want, is a process that takes time. Like any, if you want to go to the gym and learn how to do a new exercise, you don't do one squat and all of a sudden you're the best at squatting. You do it once, it's a bit wobbly, it's a bit awkward. Did that look right? Was it perfect? Probably not. But you do it 10 times. And then you have a rest and you do another 10 times and you do, do it again. And then you come back in three days and do it again. And then you come back in a week and do it again. Getting good at something like that, like a movement, is about repetition. And it's a, it's a new pattern you're learning. If you're trying to slowly shift your mindset to one that accepts yourself, that isn't too hard on certain areas, acknowledge it's going to take time and it's going to take repetition. And it's going to probably take you catching that old pattern that catches you looking in the mirror and checking out the thighs or the stomach or things like that. Acknowledge that that's still going to be there because it's a, it's an old pattern. And then once you acknowledge it, you can break it and go, cool, that's the old me. That's not the new me. The new me doesn't do that. I know the new me actually accepts who I am. And the new me then focuses on what I can control, which is today I'm going to work out as best I can. Today I'm going to stick to my food. Excellent. Great. And I'm going to make some progress. I'm going to be happy with the progress each day. And I'm not going to get fixated on where I am because that's the old me, right? Like we have to... We have to catch these old patterns and acknowledge that they're there. So for me, that's almost the, the, the big picture roadmap of starting to come out of it. And again, it does not happen overnight. It takes time. And again, we could, we could be here for a long time then diving into the, like I mentioned, my eating type of ramifications from it and the training type of ramifications but we could be here for a very, very long time if I was to dive into all of that. I wanted this to be a little starting point for anyone who maybe struggles that area or has those thought processes around those certain areas of their body to begin accepting it, to begin just breaking it down, understanding it, and then beginning to get a more healthy approach to still making progress, like I said, but doing it for the right reasons and understanding that your perception is your reality and you get a choice with your perception. You can choose how to see yourself. And it's going to take some possibly breaking of the old way you see yourself, but you're still in control of that. And if you can if you can keep that awareness and begin to work on that, you will begin to change that and not deal with, again, the long-term ramifications of struggling with your body image because it's... it's I, I remember when I was in there... <laughs> And, and I used to, it was almost weird. I, I would, if I saw someone in good shape, like I would just, I couldn't stop looking. And this is the thing when you have these, these body image challenges is you start to notice it everywhere. You notice that person who has a better body than you everywhere. You notice the guy with the arms that you want, the guy with the stomach that you want. I would watch footy players because I, I like watching the, the old Sharkies, my local team. And I would just look at their body because obviously footy players are in pretty good nick, most of them. And I'd be like, oh my God, how do their arms are so big and their chest and they're, they're, so, they're so athletic? And it, it would just like crush me. And that's the thing with, with when you have this stuff lingering is you see it everywhere and you almost can't escape it. 
and you need to again acknowledge there's always gonna be someone out there with with the arms or the abs or the stomach or the shoulders and and it translates to every area of life you, you might not have body image issues maybe you have career image issues for lack of a better word meaning you always look at someone doing better or further ahead in a career and you're like oh why are they doing this and i'm only doing that understand that's actually the same thing in a different field it's the same thing of, of a lack of acceptance of where you are it's the same thing of a constant comparison thinking you should be a certain place and generally a lack of focusing what you can control because you're stuck looking at someone else's progress. That's something completely out of your control. You can't control if someone's going faster or slower or going bigger or small. All of that does not impact you in any way, shape or form. Maybe you could learn from what they're doing. That's about it. So I think the comp- body image is, is a comparison game and so is a lot of the things we struggle with in life is just comparing ourselves to others and not able to take an objective look at where we're at acknowledging where we're at maybe there's some acknowledgement that we're at where we are because we haven't made the right decisions in the past that's healthy that's really good if you can acknowledge that at least you can now change it because you're taking some responsibility for it like that is okay to acknowledge but that constant comparison of where they are to where you are is just going to eat you up on the inside whether that's in career in body in relationships you should not let your life be dictated and controlled by that stuff so focus on what you can control. I would love to get some feedback if that resonated with you, if you thought that was useful, if you thought it was cool. Get me back on social media or anywhere you found this. I'm sure you found it somehow. Uh, just Dave Miffs on Instagram, you'll find me. Let me know if that resonated. If it did, excellent. Hopefully it helped. Pass on to someone, it might help if it's useful information for them, for where they're at. Because uh, I, I wish someone would have sat me down at about 18 and, and helped get my head screwed on at the time. It would have saved me many years of figuring things out. So if you liked it, share it around. You can always subscribe to this podcast if you want to hear more when I decide to jump on and share some thoughts. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also rate and review us if you loved it. Give it the old five stars and things like that. It would mean a lot to me. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Them long, I keep them fat, I keep them coming back, we keep them coming back.